Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Real Life Oscar Challenge. I like that Michael hesitated as if the audience was going to, like, answer back. Hi, Michael! <laughs> I'm just trying to create, like, pace. I don't want to make it seem like I'm just reading off. We're having a dialogue. Yeah. We are. A conversation. Um, we're, this is a podcast where we watch every Oscar-nominated movie for Best Picture of Our Lifetimes. I've messed that up a lot of times. That rollout. Anyway, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Levito. I'm another host, Lars Emerson. I am two a host, Kathleen Levito. I almost sound like you said you're two hosts. <laughs> That'd be weird. Um, but we're here to do another episode. So let's let's start. The year <laughs> was 2004. It was the year the Boston Red Sox broke the curse of the Bambino. It was the year George W. Bush was re-elected president. Most importantly, it was the year that I turned 10, Lars turned 9, and Kathleen turned 8. Did I get that right? <laughs> you got Yep. Okay, yes, I did. Um, and it was also the year when five movies were nominated for Best Picture. I'm just going to shout over these sirens. This is going so fast. It is. It's fine. It's fine. Jesus Christ. We can start we can over. Start if over you... if you want, Mike. I don't feel any shit. I don't either. Okay, let's keep going. Let's power through. Those movies were The Aviator, <laughs> Finding Neverland, Million Dollar Baby, Ray, and Sideways, and we're gonna talk about them right now. Okay. All right. First let's on the do list, it. The Aviator. Directed by Martin Scorsese, written by John Logan, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Blanchett, Kate Beckinsale, John C. Riley, Alec Baldwin, Alan Alda, Ian Holm, Danny Houston, Gwen Stefani, Ooh. and Jude Law. Who's um, Gwen Stefani? She plays Jean Harlow. She's only in it for like one scene, like when he's going to the premiere of some movie. Okay. Oh, like, no, I remember, I remember. Because yeah. we were like, whoa, it's Gwen Stefani. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of like, a lot, I feel like this year there was a lot of like, whoa, is that person? Um... The Aviator, though, it is about the life and times of Howard Hughes, specifically his um, efforts to get Hell's Angels made into, like, the biggest movie of all time, his fights with the Hayes Code Authority, um, his attempt to build the so-called Spruce Goose, this giant flying plane, um, his battles against Owen Brewster, Senator from Maine, and um, Pan Am Airlines and their CEO, Juan Tripp, and his struggles with... Um, obsessive compulsive disorder and his general uh, personal hang-ups and his relationships um, specifically with Catherine Hepburn. Kathleen, this was the first time you saw this movie. What did you think? I loved it instantly. This is like everything that I want in a movie. It's set in the past. What year was this? Like the 20s to like the 50s? Yeah. See? Favorite time period to span of time. Um, it had Leonardo DiCaprio as a lead, playing someone with interesting tics. It was great. Everything about this was perfect to me. It was long. But I enjoyed it. It was very long. This is how you do a biopic right. Yeah. I agree. It's, it's yes. like, yes. I agree. they did it, they didn't make it like, they meant, they like, they imply like his childhood, but it's not really necessary. You get literally like the first minute is like him. Yeah. 
spelling out quarantine. And it's, like, evocative, too. It's, like, yeah. his mother, like, scrubbing him down. And you're like, oh, this is why he has, like, you know, like, germophobia stuff. Yeah. And while, like, we all know what happens to Howard Hughes, like, in the 70s. And it's, like, you get, it's implied, but you don't, like, it doesn't end at that point. Mm-hmm. It ends, like, way before his death. Um, but, like, when the, like, his mental illness, I guess, is, like coming back emerging yeah what? Or, or he's like um because he like he's, he's he like isolates himself for a while quarantine yeah i'd say but then he like goes and testifies before congress and he like comes back mm-hmm. um but then he like relapses right and that's like right where it ends yeah it's the way of the future what did happen to him in the 70s to film yeah in so the listeners so howard hughes um it's like very famous like he suffered from OCD and like so he moved to like Las Vegas um, and like moved into a penthouse and like no one saw him and he disappeared and he was like he became like very um, well obsessive and like he wouldn't like he had to like clean things and have everything and this movie like obviously makes that a big point he's, he, mm-hmm. he was kind of always this way but it like as he aged it got really bad mm-hmm. um, and then he eventually um, died and was in like he looked like like a raggedy like old man who had been living in a cave you know like it was is it's very interesting he's a very interesting guy um but like it kind of leaves off the last 20 years of his life mm. but i think it has like one of my favorite movies and en- en- endings in movie history mm. um when he we're really skipping ahead to the end of this movie but like when he is at like the reception after they do fly the spruce goose and he has um he basically hallucinates these dudes kind of walking towards him and he starts doing his wave of the future, wave of the future tick, and they and they they, they um, John C. Riley and you know what's Gavin like Bell. John C. Riley was in this movie. Yeah, he's in a lot. Uh, and so the guy who plays Gavin Belson bring him into the uh, bathroom, and he's just kind of like repeating the way of the future over and over. He gets really frustrated, and then he looks in the mirror. He sees uh, like you know himself as a child, being like, "I'm gonna fly the biggest airplanes," and 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 make the movies and be the richest man in the world and it's it's just a black screen of him just repeating the wave of the future and like different cadences and things and it's just it's very it's chilly because it, it's like it's like yeah i know he did he was a visionary he did bring in the wave of the future kind of but he was also a severely just like damaged and troubled man and those things are kind of like interrelated sort of things it kind of implies um, what I love about this movie is that, like, it's about an obsessive person, um, but itself, but the movie itself is also, like, incredibly obsessive, mm. and I, there's that, I like that sort of, like, correlation, because, like, you can just, I can just see Martin Scorsese, like, wild-eyed in a room being like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make all the colors like they were back then, and I'm gonna, like, build these planes, and we're gonna have, like, these costumes, and I'm gonna have all these different people play these movie stars from a long time ago and just like getting like super into it and I love that um like he literally only used coloring techniques that would have been possible to use during when each scene was set which is why I'm like when they like land on the golf course um Mm. when he's with uh Catherine Hepburn like the grass looks blue because they didn't have like the ability to make it look green back in the day so everything had like a bluish tint yeah like um, when he crashes the yeah. plane yeah that's what I'm thinking it was like the for like the first time yeah like the first crash yeah yeah um yeah so that's and, and also he, he's this very like 
you know, he's kind of Nixonian in a way. Like the and way he gave he, money to Nixon. Yeah, he did. But like <laughs> the way he he resented like up like the upper crust and like the well-bred like Catherine Hepburn like the conflict that he has with her family. Um, but he, like, I sort of disagree. Is like he was not like he was raised with money. Yeah, he, like used that money to do great things, mm. whereas Nixon was not. I do think they they developed a very like paranoid, right. similar personality. Yeah. but like Howard Hughes never like resented like elitism. I, but I feel like there's like a, there's a resentment of like the Eastern and Northern establishment. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like yeah. he's raging against like, it, and it's on two sides, right? It's like the Owen Brewsters of the world who was like the people in government who were like giving sweetheart deals to Pan Am wanted to like nationalize Pan Am yeah. and all of that. Where he's like, this is rigged against me because I I didn't get in early. As like a you know my family sold drill bits we didn't found airlines and all that and then there's sort of this resentment of like the liberal elite of like the Hepburns who are kind of like socialists and it's like well the only reason you you folks don't care about money is because you you've always had it right so it's immaterial to you um, so I don't know I I, feel, I feel like I it's like he and because there he, he like there's like a at his heart he's just like an engineer right like it's almost like the wealth for him wasn't the object so much as it was like I feel like becoming like like the notoriety and like uh, creating things almost at least that's kind of what I got right it was like he wanted to be the best but he didn't necessarily measure that in wealth so much as he measured it in like he measured it in a lot of ways he literally measured it in the size of like the breasts in the movie he's making right but he also measured it in like how fast and big his airplanes were very Freudian really <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a lot. There's like there's so much, mm. and there are so many people that do such a good job in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, and yet, Kate <laughs> Blanchett was the one who won the Oscar for it. I know. Oh my God, that's Her. I, I was saving this for a bit later when I go on my little rant. Oh my God, I find it so insufferable. Her like performance in this movie. Yeah. It, her like it's objectively like good. Right. Like, I, I definitely believe she's Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. But I hate Catherine Hepburn's right. voice so much <laughs> yeah. in this movie. And, like her like ah they don't like you and me. Golly. Yeah. Golly. Drinking their milk together. It's very like I don't. It's it makes me so like upset. Yeah. It's it's a lot to drink in. Um, it's like I I almost feel like if she was if she was playing a character not named Catherine Hepburn she wouldn't have won an Oscar. Hmm. It was like Catherine Hepburn literally has more Oscars than any actor or actress in Oscar history, hmm. and so it was just one thing like ah this is about Hollywood so so let's give it to her. And I like Kate Blanchett but I don't know she's not like yeah like I said she's like good it's just like annoying. Yeah it's. I'm, I'm, I've been trying to think of a parable of like someone who played like an annoying character but like won the Oscar. I don't know. I, I'll think of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio should have won an Oscar for this. Yeah. I feel very strongly about I, that. This is his, I think this is his best performance. I agree. It's this, or I used to think it was Wolf of Wall Street. Um, I still think he should have won an Oscar for Wolf of Wall Street. Um, but this is better. Like he. He really dives deep into some like dark places, yeah. and is really like angry and and it's good. I like any movie that like um, realistically depicts a mental illness, mm-hmm. and I feel like this was very just like true. 
And even though it does, like, he literally, like, quarantines himself. And he's like, oh, that's crazy. No, but he, like, literally did that. Hmm. And I feel like they just, like, let him do that. There was just, like, yeah, this is it now. This is what's happening. And it was just felt very natural for the character. Where if we go to, like, what is that movie? The, <laughs> the Beautiful Mind? Mm-hmm. Every, that felt a lot faker. Yeah, because yeah. well, they, they, they the schizophrenic economist, as Kathleen <laughs> yeah. recently referred to that. <laughs> yeah, because well, that one, yeah, yes, I agree. Yeah. And the way they visualize it is just more in, like, you know, it it, it, it sends the, it, it, I feel like it's easier yeah. to, and like, my guess is obsessive composer is probably easier to depict than schizophrenia. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the way they do is clever, like when it, when it shows him like washing his hands so raw that they start bleeding. Yeah. And, um, and then he has to like wait in the bathroom for someone to like open the door. Yeah. Um, there was, there's a scene that like sells it for me. Oh, it's like when they're at the dinner and oh. uh, or when they're like at the restaurant that they keep going to, and Leslie Nope's husband is there, um, and like he's like it's like there's the rowdy guys, and then there's Howard Hughes who has this like routine mm, yeah, down yeah, yeah, yeah. at this restaurant. And he gets this plate with like the peas laid out for him, mm-hmm. his steak, and his. He, like, cuts it, and, like, the character, like, goes and grabs a pee, and um, Howard Hughes just, like, stares at it while the guy's, like, talking obnoxiously, and he just, like, throws down his stuff, and he, like, will not eat the rest of the plate. He mm-hmm. hasn't even eaten it. And it's, like, it's not, like, a look of disgust. It's, like, a look of just utter disappointment. Yeah. That he knows that he just can no longer eat that. He's very... I think it's very a very good depiction. Yeah. Um... Also, the scene where he served a fish with all of the skin on and stuff, mm-hmm. and that battle you see within him because he wants to be there to eat it because he's having a comp- like a pointed conversation with this person, but it's like every- it takes everything in him to just be like, yeah, this is fine. I can do this. This is, yeah, I like fish. It's like very obviously no, but you feel that tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing I would point out is, like, the crash sequence, like, when he crashes in, like, Hollywood. Like, the the second one with, like, the house? Yeah. Yeah. Is, like, terrifying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is, like, and, like, it comes kind of out of nowhere. It's like, oh, he's, because I forget, like, why. He was trying to beat the the air record, And he did. And he did. (laughs) And he's like, I'm going to fly it some more. And then, like, he, it's, it's like, a very, like, Icarus moment, right? Like, it just, like, stops. Yeah, just stops and just, like, and he doesn't fly into the sun, but, like, he gets really severely burned and, like, messed up and, like... And that's what, like, prompts him to go, like, reclusify. Yeah, yeah. Like, himself the first time. Yeah. But, like, it's just, like, ah, it's just, like, it's just, like, terror. It's, like, very, like, viscerally, like, terror. And it comes out of nowhere. It's, like, it's, like, a legit horror movie. Yeah. Um, And it's also interesting because it, 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 it's, like... (laughs) It, it's almost like I feel like the scene that makes him that where he comes off as the most selfish um because like he gets out of the plane like is anyone else in there and he's like no it's just me and then you see someone like literally run out of the house and he's like I'm Howard Hughes like yeah. he wants people to know who he was mm-hmm. um he doesn't want to just be a, a burned lump of flesh oh, the music in this movie is also so good there's like the sequence where he like falls into deep paranoia and he's like mm-hmm. getting photos of like his ex <laughs> child brides or whatever no it was it wasn't with Ava Gardner or was it yeah there, there's like an intrigue part in the, yeah, the yeah. movie where like there's like like there's information that comes out about him and how he's like crazy and like has all these women 
Um, but then, like, he, like, falls into it, and he, like, needs to know what they're up to. Um, and there's, like, this very, like, 1920s, 1930s, like, film noir vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, the music's really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's, it's a very, like, sort of, like, uh... I love the way they sort of, like, integrate, like, the, they have, like, like, there's, like, a radio now, too, who's, like, kind of narrating the whole thing almost at some points, mm. where it's, like, when Ava Gardner is passed, it's, like, Ava Gardner, na 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 and then it just kind of fades in the background, but it makes sense, because he's at, like, a movie premiere, so there's a guy just kind of saying that. It's really well, sort of, like, I think my, my, my strong opinion, my hot take is that, like, no one does narration, because narration, I think, is usually considered, like, a crutch. Yeah. I feel like no one does this. Like, Martin Scorsese does it, like, really well. Mm. Like, I think Goodfellas is maybe, like, one of the best uses of narration in of movies I've seen. I haven't seen all of them. But <laughs> it's, like... In he does. Cause the, yeah, he does narration really well in Casino, too. Yeah, because my, my whole thing of, like, what he does is, like, he does it like a book, right? Where it's, like, the narration gives you, like, the substance, but then the, uh, the, the action on string gives you the texture. Yeah. So it's like it's it's not to just describe to you what you're seeing. It's describe it's giving you all that kind of information to make what you're seeing matter. Um, yeah. Okay. The Aviator. Well, it did not win Best Picture, but it did win the most awards out of the night. It won Best Editing, one Costume Design, one Cinematography, one Art Direction. It was nominated for Sound Mixing and Original Screenplay. Kate Blanchett won for Best Supporting Actress. Alan Alda was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, which is a weird nomination. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio... He was on Madge. <laughs> he was. That's probably why he was nominated. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio was nominated for Best Actor, Martin Scorsese for Best Director, and of course was nominated for Best Picture. Uh, let's move on now to Finding Neverland. Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> nominated by Mark Forster, uh, written by David McGee, based on the play The Man Who Was Peter Pan by Alan Nee. Starring Johnny Depp, Kate Winslet, Julie Christie, Radha Mitchell, and Dustin Hoffman. This movie is the story of J.M. Barry, an Irish playwright living in London, who has an unsuccessful play, but then he meets the Davies family and becomes utterly charmed with them and becomes basically their uncle and is inspired by them to write Peter Pan. What Lars, you liked this movie. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought it was okay. Yeah, I liked it. It's about childhood, and it has my girl in it. Kate Winslet. Uh, Kate Winslet, yeah. <laughs> I love her. She gets sick, and it's and pretty. <laughs> She's always sick and pretty. <laughs> um, no, that is her role, though. Does um, she get sick in Titanic? No, but she's pretty. <laughs> she is, yes. That's I don't true. know, she's kind of, like, feeble. Yeah. And, like, oh, Jack, oh, sad. And then she's old. She's suicidal, that's yeah. Yeah. a type yeah. of illness. That's I don't true. know, I feel like in every, every Kate Winslet movie, she's, like, she just gets, like, bedridden. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's certainly the case in yeah. Sense and Sensibility. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> it's, there's, like, nice parts, mostly at the end. Yeah. Kind of in the beginning, and just like, oh, he's just trying to do. Streets are really loud today. <laughs> I paid them to do that. <laughs> um, he's just trying to, like, be fun with the kids. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm not saying this is a great movie. I just think it's fine. It's. My, my whole thing is that it's, like, completely dependent on how charming you find the idea of Johnny Depp playing make believe. <laughs> 
with a bunch of children. Yeah. And Which, that does not do it for me. It, it, it <laughs> 2004, do it for me maybe more than today. Right. Yeah, well, it's sure. not even like... It's, it's like... I, Johnny Depp, for me, makes this movie. I enjoy him in this role. I am not someone who's charmed by people who make believe, play make-believe with children. So I was like, oh, that's sweet, but I don't really care. It's like, he just seemed like a man-child to me, and I'm not about that. So I think it was like, it was an enjoyable movie. This is my hot take. It was an enjoyable movie. I don't, like, remember a lot of it. Yeah. Because it, it just, things happened, and then there was, you know, some, like, tension points where she gets sick, and, you know, that her mom hates Johnny Depp. And stuff like that, where it's like, okay, those are slightly memorable. And then the rest of it, it was just, like, wishy-washy, and I don't know. Yeah, so, like, I feel like... Well, I feel like I say this all the time about certain movies, but it's like... To me, the story isn't really about J.M. Barry so much as it's about Peter Davies, like, the kid. Like, I feel like he has the big arc where it's like, he has been, like, forced to grow up because he watched his father die at a young age, and now he's afraid to, like love again right and then he has to kind of learn how to be a child again and how to like be open to love um which and it's supposed to be mirrored by jm barry but i feel like like because he's supposed to be like he's supposed to have had a rough childhood too like his brother dies young um and he's supposed to be like oh like they relate because they share that in common they both saw death young and they they both felt like they had to grow up but like i um i never really got why like so, Jay and Barry's married, and then he's at the park one day, and he meets these kids, and he starts spending a lot of time with these kids and their mom, and nice. people are like, either he's doing something with the mom, or he's doing something with the kids, <laughs> and then his wife is like, obviously not pleased about this, and then also starts cheating on him. But, like, my thing is, is, like, I never really got why he thought it was so, like, I never really entirely understood why he was, like, leaving his wife for these people. Because he's a man-child, and they inspired his yeah. art. She's... That's literally... I, I guess I don't find... <laughs> like, like, the real world. Yeah. But actually, like... Yeah, no, yeah. It's yeah, literally I have, that. I have serious questions about where he gets, like, the money to do this yes. for his life. He was um, I guess they started like, paying him as, like, a big And my guess, I feel like a lot of people had inherited wealth back then, too. There was, like, no, like, income tax or estate tax and stuff. Uh, the good old days. <laughs> um, I don't I know. I like her family had wealth. I feel like his wife's family had wealth. I don't know. I, I could look this up while you yeah, talk. I don't know. It was the olden times. You go to a park, you meet a family, they adopt you as a man-child. It's normal <laughs> stuff. Um, There's no stranger danger back then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think there are a lot of very emotional, like, no, yeah. fun, like, not fun, but, like, this movie cut me a couple times, right. you know? Well, the, the ending is really, uh, the ending, like, the Avery, but the ending of this, is, I think, is really well done, and yeah. the best part of it, yeah. which yeah. is when, spoiler alert, Kate Winslet dies, it's not exactly like Sh- She coughs herself to death. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, Johnny Depp and Freddie Highmore uh, share a moment on... Uh, that part, the park bench where they first met, and they're just like, "Yeah, this is gonna like suck. We have to deal with it." Like, no, 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 that, that, well, no, Johnny. Yeah, your mom's dead. Because jo- Johnny Depp like got Freddie Hammer's character this like journal that he could write stories in, 
he rips it up once his, his mother falls over basically and Johnny Depp kind of puts it back together and he's like you know um, she's gone but she'll always live on in these pages and like within you and they embrace and they cry and it's like that was very touching and you know sometimes you know it's one of those things where it's like oh like it kind of kind of made it worth it yeah um, um, I do not regret watching yeah I don't regret no I don't regret it either it's I, just a movie I don't think I'm going to ever think about for a lot yeah afterwards. it's but, gonna be someone's gonna mention it one day and be like oh yeah like I came across a meme of it online <laughs> it was a random meme mm-hmm. and it, I don't even remember where I found that and it was on oh, someone that I don't like some person that I don't talk to anymore is Facebook that came up on my feed and I was like oh yeah I get this because I've seen this movie and it's the weirdest thing to get it's um, a weird movie to me it was a weird movie. It's like there's it's so such a very specific <laughs> number of people. people <laughs> and it was also a meme about sewing. So I don't know if only like people who sew get understand <laughs> this movie. Um, because it's about place. It, I feel like it's a, it's a sewing movie. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's very like... So pay more attention yeah. to your knitting as you do the movie. Yeah. And kind of yeah. still get it, yeah. Um, but I do like the scene when Kate Winslet is like dying. <laughs> she tells Peter, so it's the opening night of the play, oh, yeah. and she tells Peter like you have to go for me and you have to be like an like a adult and do this for me. And so he takes that seriously and he goes to see the movie for his mom on behalf of his mom. I really like that scene. I connected with that a lot. Okay. Um, but I don't like the scene where they put on the play for her. I like that wow. they did that, but I don't like how they did that. Like at the very end. What, what do you mean how they? Like did you know how when they like do the it? set design wasn't up to snuff. <laughs> no, <laughs> a bunch know. of children couldn't build a realistic set. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 because they did the, they the movie cinematically they pretend like it's a real. Well, they do that. They, do that, they don't do that in that scene though. Yeah, they, they do. do. Yeah, at the end they like it like opens. Oh, up. oh, I yeah. was misunderstanding. I th- I was thinking of like. The scene where she first gets sick. No. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that to me was like wasted. I hated that. Like that I was like for like thirty seconds not like for like a minute we're gonna have to build this like set and dress people up as like fairies and crap. Like my the fantasy sequences, they felt like a Decemberists album cover. Like it they it was this very whimsical mid two thousands kind of thing. Yeah. And that just does not connect with me. Like there's one where they're on like the pirate ship and yeah. it's like clearly like just like wood cutouts of like waves and like a shark and it's just like i don't like this is not i don't find this enchanting was was my thing and that's like a personal preference it just didn't work for me i think the editing as well and it handles it well like there's the one scene when the kids are it's supposed to be like a wild west thing and the kids are fighting and it keeps switching back from the wild west to like the english garden that's well and i think it like my guess is that's probably one of the things that sort of got it nominated for Best Picture like that and probably the emotional heft of the ending. But yeah. Were you going to say something more? No, I was, yeah, was going to... Like, it, it leaves... It doesn't fire on all cylinders for, like, everything. Yeah. Like, you know, it's... Yeah, I, I, I think that's a good point. It's like, it does do, actually, a couple things well. I didn't really think about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's... I'm just, like... <laughs> yeah. It's a fine movie. It's, it's fine. just, like... It's... Like, watch I, it if... It's a rainy day, and you kind of have, like, a headache, and you're just snuggled up, and you're, you know, going to turn on the Food Network, but instead, in your way to the Food Network, you find this movie, go ahead and watch it. You can miss Diners, Dives, and Dives for this. That's okay. 
In any other scenario, you don't need to. Lars. It's like obviously a bit on the nose. I just got to think of its name. But it's like very much the Shakespearean love of this year. Yeah. It's like yeah. a film we watched before. Mm. Very similar theme. Yeah. Johnny I, Depp is also in. <laughs> oh, no, he's that's not. That's Shock-A-Lot. Sorry. Well, it's also kind of the Shock-A-Lot it is kind of, of the Shock-A-Lot. It's like... It is very much... It's, yeah. It's, it's like... It's a very Johnny Depp movie. Yeah. It is. It's, yeah. it's very and, just like... Yeah. It's no one's favorite. It's just kind of there. Yeah. It's like, oh. And part of me is just like, I, like, who is this movie for? Like... Is it, it rated G? PG, I think. Um, no, I think you're right. It is G. I'll, yeah. I'll check. But it's like I can't okay, because we were, like... we were joking about it. Um, <laughs> I thought it was about like molestation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lars was like, yeah. Which leaving Neverland, which is the movie that came out this year about Michael Jackson, is. Um, so it's kind of an unfortunately titled movie in that regard. It's PG. You were right. Okay, yeah. But it's like I can't imagine like a kid enjoying this. I don't think they yeah. would get it. And maybe it's not made for kids, but that's just my, my take. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Finding Neverland um, was... It won Best Original Score. I could not tell you anything about the music in this movie. Maybe it was, was better. <laughs> but it was nominated for Editing, Costume Design, Art Direction, Adapted Screenplay. Johnny Depp was nominated for Best Actor. He's pretty good in this. Um, and it was nominated for Best Picture. Let's move on now to another movie about death, Million Dollar Baby. Directed by Clint Eastwood, written by Paul Haggis, with a story by FX Tool based on stories from the book Rope Burn, Story from the Corner by FX Tool. Starring Clint Eastwood, Hilary Swank, Morgan Freeman, Jay Baruchel, Anthony Mackie, Michael Pena. And that's pretty much it. Can I intro the plot to this one? Yeah. Oh, okay. What did you just say? I want to intro the plot. Okay. So this was this is the last movie we had to watch, right? Yeah. And it was Michael's birthday, and either Michael or Kathleen had seen it. And we were like, Michael, what do you want to do? It's your birthday. He's like, I want to watch a movie. We're like, all right, which one? He's like, probably the last Oscar movie. And we're like, we can watch anything. He's like, oh, it's going to be Million Dollar Baby. And I've seen this, and I know the I term knew how it ended. I knew how and it Michael ended. Michael puts it on. Well, Michael was like, well, it's, it's either Million Dollar Baby or Drive. And we're like, oh, it's going to be Drive. It's your birthday, and Drive's your favorite movie. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's Million Dollar Baby. Puts on a movie that, all right, the plot to this movie is such a bummer. So it's like, Clint Eastwood runs this gym, and he's like a boxer, and he does the boxing, he trains boxers, but he only trains men because he's Clint Eastwood in the gym. Um, but then, Hilary Swank, a young upstart boxer. Well, old. She's kind of older, and that's a tension 31, point, I guess. Which is old for boxers. Well, yeah. Right. Um, and she, like, keeps going, and they're like, don't go here. Clint Eastwood's like, my pants are too high. Don't go here. <laughs> and Hilary Swank's like, oh, I want a box. I got a box. And then so she... Got a <laughs> box. She finally, got like, us. agrees to be her mentor. <laughs> and then, like, she, like, rises up. And about the halfway point of the movie, she's in the big match against, like, the evil rival. The blue bear. From like, yeah. And German. Like, yeah. Um, who's that? The woman who played her was like an actual boxer. Oh. Yeah, she kind of looks like it. Yeah. Um, and it's like, Hilary Swank keeps getting beat down, but then the other boxer's like, starts to lose, and Hilary Swank starts winning, and like, match, like, takes a pause, and Hilary Swank turns around, and the other boxer like, ducks, like, decks her. And, like, she goes down and, like, breaks her neck and, like, becomes paralyzed for the rest of the movie. And it's, like, the last half of the movie is her in bed, 
die. <laughs> I have a real question. In real boxing matches, do they leave the stools in... No, okay. No, so and this is my problem with the movie, but come on. That's my 110%. That is my yeah, problem with I the just movie. feel but like... they don't put it. They No, they don't. Yeah. It's well, outside of the ring. No, yeah. it's not. It's they, in. No, they yeah. put it in, and that's when she punches it's, Well, yeah. Oh. What, 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 what happened was, is, yeah, it was a cheap shot. She was supposed to get hit. Oh. And that was, the, like, the box was supposed to be, like, dirty. It was... The guy was going... To, he was taking out the stool so they could, like, work on her. But he took it out... And then, not realizing it was there, the blue bear punched her in the mm. and she fell. And, like, her neck broke onto her. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they just had left it there. I'm like, I don't think that's how you do boxing. Because, no, like, Hillary not. Swank had just, like, won that round. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, okay, round over, you guys go back to your corners. Well, it was the end of the round. They don't announce the winners after each round. <laughs> she had, like, punched the best. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how boxing works. She did the most The rules for boxing are, like, totally messed up, but... Um... Anyway, the movie ends, there's, like, a bit of family drama, and, like, Hilary Swank, like, asks Clint Eastwood to kill her, and he agonizes over this for, like, half an hour. It's, like, a huge bummer, the last hour of this movie. And now That's my favorite part of the movie, though. Michael's birthday movie. <laughs> Michael, what was my, your My birthday wasn't the movie, it was finishing the list of movies we had to watch. Um, I... Here's my thing with this movie. I just... Fun, okay. Things I like about it. Hillary Swank and Clint Eastwood have very good chemistry. Mm, um, it's true. They should be together. <laughs> like, I for I had it in my mind that I didn't like Hillary Swank for some reason. She's really quite good in this movie. Um, I, 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 I don't watch boxing in real life. I love boxing movies. Like, I've never not watched a fight in a boxing movie and not been, like, super stoked about it. Um, I like the way this movie looks. Um... I like the way it uses shadows. It's a very 2000s-y looking movie where I feel like it relies a lot on, like, fluorescent light and sort of just, like, the dankness of, like, linoleum tile and, like, really harsh sort of, like, lighting. Um, and 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 I think some of the shots are pretty nice. Um, but I find the plot to be kind of contrived. Like, it's, like, the way... I, I don't know. It's it's just it's 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 a melodrama, and I guess I just don't really have. I don't really care for melodrama for melodrama's sake, and like I, like I just the way that like he puts the stool into the ring and just kind of like lets it linger there, as she gets like socked and then she falls on it. It just felt very and it just felt very contrived to me. Yeah. And. You, yes. I disagree. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, like, so I, I understand why it makes sense, right? The whole point is that, like, Clint was like, you have to, like, protect yourself, protect yourself. And the idea is that Clint Eastwood has a difficult relationship with his daughter, and Clint Eastwood's protecting himself because he doesn't want to get, like, emotionally hurt, and he's protecting himself from being emotionally connected with uh, Hilary Swank. And then he it's probably, like, like, represents his daughter in a right, way. Right, yeah. Because like, then he ends up giving her this boxing nickname that she, for some reason, never looks up Mukushla. And it means, like, my darling, my blood. Which turns out it literally just means my pulse. But, um, and, uh, but, like, I, but, and, uh, but the thing is, like, he, he, he stops guarding himself, and he still gets, like, kicked in the nuts anyway. Like, he still, he still hurts, which is, like, you know, a theme, a legitimate theme is that, like, you know, good things don't always happen, but it's still kind of, like, I find it, I find it to be a little contrived. Well made. A little contrived. Lars. Rebuttal. <laughs> I think this film works as, like, a deconstruction of two different genres. 
ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is the deconstruction, obviously, of like the boxing movie, of mm-hmm. like the wrestling, like the the movie that it is is like sports underdog. Yeah, and it's like oh, underdog. She gets a master, trains and train a big fight and wins the fight. But then no, that doesn't get to happen. It actually goes terribly, um, and like it's about dealing with the aftermath of that emotionally and physically, um, which is you don't really. I feel like you yeah, don't actually see that, yeah. but there is a whole other story to tell there that this mm. is kind of the only film that really does that. Um, the other thing I think it's a deconstruction of is, like, a samurai movie. Mm. Is like, she, like, needs a master. She finds a master, um, like, a reluctant master. He's like, I won't teach you the way. <laughs> but, like, actually, and, like... Then he, like, finally agrees to teach her. And usually in, like, the samurai movie, the master then goes on to die. And the, like, young one mm. must, like, become the master. Uh, but no. <laughs> the master must watch their, like, pupil, like, die. Because they, just because of, like, how, like, a mistake. Like, life didn't, life is random and terrible. And, oh, God. <laughs> no, but I, I don't, it is, I think that's how it works. I think it works in that way. Um, the family drama and all that, like, I think play roles in that, but, like, the meta message of it and sort of how it, like, pokes at that um, is where I think this movie works most interestingly. I found the family drama to be very, like, hillbilly elegy. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, like, these welfare queens yeah. are ungrateful. Um, your thoughts, Kathleen? So, I don't watch boxing. That being said, I love boxing as a sport and in movies. It's just, like, gets me so pumped up. Um, I do not like the lighting in this movie, actually. Hmm. I just don't like cool-toned things, as we discussed with our mother <laughs> earlier today when she was picking paint colors. Um, but I, I like, enjoyed this movie. Okay, so I don't like sports at all. There is nothing about sports that I find remotely enjoyable, other than when you go to a baseball game and you get the ice cream and the hats. That's great. Um, But I happen to really enjoy sports movies. Mm -hmm. So for the first half of this movie, I was like, oh, like, I actually, like, I think because they often have good pacing, because they build up, and, like, you know, there's, like, the practice games, and there's the one big game, so everything's very predictable, and, like, you fall in love with the guy, because usually they're kind of scrappy, and, like, you know, that kind of thing, and usually have a heart of gold, whatever. Um, Or there's some character with a heart of gold, and usually there's some relationship. It's, like, very easy to follow. It's a very formulaic. It's an easy narrative. Yeah. Which is why I think this one's special. That being said, I don't like how Hilary Swank is, like, the best boxer ever. I think that's stupid. She was, like, just, like, she's tiny. And she just, I feel like, just, she should have lost more. It should have been more realistic. And it frustrated me that it wasn't that realistic, and then she just like, bam, dies. And it's like, I just, there was nothing to make me think that this was going to go well, because you can't set it up like that, and then just, like, there was no tension. It was like, alright, cool, now we see it's all going downhill. And it's like, well, even she says, like, I got everything I wanted, they were cheering my name, I never thought I was gonna have that, it's time for me to die. It's like, yeah, it is. Because your narrative was, like, climbing this mountain, and you climbed it, and now you don't have anything left to do. She has downs before she has ups. She goes through like a lot of downs initially. She like loses. Yeah, but then she just gets on a roll. But like not really. She gets on a roll to a point where like she keeps wanting to challenge the like all time best. 
like in her class or whatever like she's clearly still like below that level but she just wants to be in the next level and they're like no 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 you're not that level and she like kind of makes it to that level with the like the other one agrees to the challenge yeah well and this whole thing is that Clint Eastwood is like reluctant to enter her in a title fight and he's also reluctant to do it with the boxer played by Mike Coulter um, yeah and Anthony Mackie's in this yeah <laughs> Um, a lot of Marvel people, but like he's and the, this whole thing is like he's scared to like go for the big one. Yeah. Um, but we're, you're right. Because we learned that Morgan Freeman, who we haven't mentioned yet in this conversation, and who won an Oscar for this, which is weird because I feel like he didn't do anything. In this <laughs> yeah, movie. I kind of agree. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like that was fun. just like a waste of Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Um, was a boxer trained by Clint Eastwood and mm. got blinded in a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, like the big fight yeah. at Clint Eastwood. Title fight. Title fight. And Clint Eastwood blames himself for it, so he keeps other people out of the big fight mm. so that nobody else gets blinded, and then he takes a chance, and the person ends up dead. Yeah. It's just like, what's the lesson from that? I guess it's like my thing. Like, what's the point? Yeah, I wasn't into it. I yeah. guess it's like better to burn out than to fade away. Like, go for it. <laughs> like, nope. even, even if you die. I mean, I feel like they learned vulnerability. They learned yeah, I know they did. Yeah, yeah. I think there was some healing that went on in Clint Eastwood. There mm-hmm. was some healing that went on in Hillary Swank when she stuck it to her family. Um, and she was called, like, my darling, so it really is that moment of I am special. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No sympathy... For Hilly Swank's relationship with her family, though. Oh, yeah. They're awful. They're truly yeah, awful. They're awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other thing, narration in this. Not good narration. I yeah. thought it was really cheesy. Yeah. Um, and it reminds, like, when you find out that it's Morgan Freeman writing a letter to Clint Eastwood's it made me mad. daughter, it reminded me of the the Michael Scarn episode of The Office, where it's like, how do I know all of this? Well, I am Michael Scarn. So it's be like, whoa! <laughs> like, it, yeah. And, like, honestly, like, Morgan Freeman and Clint Eastwood, they just growl at each other this entire movie. Yeah. Like, they... I don't think they're a good match in this movie. And they don't... It's weird. I feel like... I don't know. They've done better work together. They have, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and then I don't like that we keep on getting these little blimps of Clint Eastwood's daughter being mentioned, but we never actually know anything that happened about it. Which just feels like that was... Pause for a sec. <laughs> it just felt lacking. I yeah, thought they were going to... underdeveloped. I, yeah, underdeveloped. And I didn't feel like it was going to be a big thing. Mm. I didn't think his daughter was going to come about. But I don't think we even understood why they were separated. And I thought that there would be, like, a 30-second clip where we had that conversation mm. and it, it it contributed to the turning point of something, yeah. you know? But Yeah, this is, like, based on a book of short stories and it definitely feels like that. Or it definitely feels like, you know, this could have been one story... Um, Jay Baruchel's whole thing was like another story like it feels like you could do like short stories about like the people who come in and out of the gym and like they just didn't have room to cover all of it that's what it felt like but I mean like again well made movie just not like I don't know not my fave yeah I, I liked what you said about the samurai thing yeah. that, that I think thank you I made a lot of sense um, alright well 
This won a lot. Well, it only won four awards, but they won the big ones. Uh, nominated for editing, nominated for adapted screenplay. Morgan Freeman won best supporting actor, as we said. Clint Eastwood was nominated for actor. Hilary Swank won for actress. Clint Eastwood won for director and won for best picture. All right, <clears throat> moving on to another biopic. Ray. Lars <laughs> is doing his Jamie Foxx impression right now. Directed by Taylor Hackford, written by James L. White and Tyler Hackford. Taylor Hackford, rather. Uh, starring Jamie Foxx, Kerry Washington, Clifton Powell, Harry Lennox, Terrence Howard, Larence Tate, Richard Schiff, and Regina King. This is the story of singer-songwriter Ray Charles, um, who was blind but played the piano and sang. And just really just very straightforward story about his career and his battle with heroin addiction and um, his promiscuity. Basically, <laughs> there's a, there's really not a lot of subtext. <laughs> there is not at all. It is very literally a story about Ray Charles. It is, yes. Um, that then they lie about at the yeah, end yes. and do false things. Right, which it. makes me so, so mad. <laughs> so Ever dumb. since the movie, what other one was that? Was it the Paranoid Schizophrenic, The Beautiful Mind? Yes. Yeah. That um, I'm glad that this is a lot of famous podcast because I would be getting flack for calling the movie that, but um. Um, not yet. So we'll just delete this one when it comes out. Um, what the paranoid, the paranoid, uh, the schizophrenic economist, a beautiful mind. Um, was that the one too where they were like, oh, he and his wife were together at the end? Yeah. I hate that. That's Which, not this true. This movie does the same thing. I yeah. know. I hate it. <laughs> and more, and more. Like the ending scene of this movie is false. Yeah. Like, well, this, okay. yeah, most. I'm yes. a very. I, we have discussed this before on this podcast. I am not a plot-driven person. I am a character-driven person. And when you fuck with character relationships, that angers me so much. Yeah. So yes, and this is the thing with like, yeah. So this movie. The two big things. It's like, one, it shows him going to play a venue in Augusta, Georgia. And there's a crowd of angry people there because it's a segregated venue. And they're like, you are, you know, a very prominent African-American. Why are you going to play here when, you know, really only white people can see you play? And as he's walking up there, like, this this guy's just yelling this stuff at him. He's like, you know what? You're right. And he just <laughs> turns around and goes back into his tour bus and then there's, like, these, these title cards, basically, and these, like, really tacky graphics of, like, records and newspapers being like, oh, and then, like, even though he sang Georgia on my mind, he was banned from playing in Georgia for years. That didn't happen! <laughs> like, he, he agreed not to play in the venue, but, like, he, there was no, like, he didn't, like, go there and then, like, almost walk in. Like, he was just, like, before the, the day before the show, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to do this because of this. They were like, oh, good on you, Ray Charles. And then, like, but he was never banned from playing in Georgia. And, like, he played it, like, the next year when it was desegregated. And, like, he got, like, an award from the Georgia Assembly, but, like, not for, like, uh, there wasn't, like, an apology. I think it was literally just, like, we're making Georgia on my mind the official state song. And you sang it, so. But he wasn't, like, there, right? No, I think he got, like, an award on the floor. I think he was. I thought that was one of the, it's, like, he was. But, like, okay, the other thing, too, is, like, it, you know, he, he gets married to Carrie Washington and there's tension because she's like a preacher's daughter and he's like, you know, he's playing the devil's music and stuff like that. Um, and he has multiple affairs and it's revealed through dialogue that he has a second child. Um, and here's the thing. Ray Charles was married twice. Okay. 
He had 12 children with 10 different women. <laughs> That's fascinating. And it's not in this movie. Like, what the hell? <laughs> they do kind of do, like, a beautiful mind. They make up unnecessary things that aren't interesting and leave out the most interesting things that they should have covered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's a byproduct of, like, him being alive when this was made. Because it's like, they, it, they're walking the fine line of, like, we want to be able to, like, use his music, so we should maybe, like, play kind of nice. Um, then wait but that's not dance. what Oscars are for. <laughs> no, I agree, and it's it's. It's, it's not it's what biopics are for. Um, that's what fantasies yes. are for. Yeah, so now I'm angry. I'm. Oh. So the thing is, when we were watching this movie, I didn't really like get why you guys hated it so much initially. But again, I like Ray Charles's music, so I was really watching this movie to listen to the music, mm-hmm. and that was it. Really, I hated all the scenes of him as a kid. Be yeah. Real. Um, well, I didn't hate him, but they were not. Good. I liked his <laughs> wife as a character, but then like he starts cheating on her, and then you know, he gets addicted to heroin, and I just stopped. I, then I then I lost interest, and then I realized how like wrong this movie was, and that's <laughs> when I got mad. But for the scenes where he's playing music, they're quite nice. Yeah. So if you yeah, like no. Charles' music, and just YouTube those scenes. There are some good parts. <laughs> or just listen to his actual music. <laughs> Or watch I, real performances of him. I found myself, and maybe this is... I kind of found myself rooting against him. For yeah. almost the entire... Like, oh. They don't go out of their way to make him, like... Likeable. Like, the guy. No. Like, the guy you should root for. He kind of, like, cheats on his wife. Like, he's blind, and that's, like, you feel sorry for him, but you never feel like, like, oh, yeah, you show him, Ray. And then he, like, cheats out all his, like, yeah. business partners. His <laughs> wife is a very strong female character. And tells him point blank, like, you get rid of those drugs. Like, he, she, like, lays down the rules. I don't think she said, like, get rid of them. But she's like, you know, like, that doesn't come into my house. Like, these relationships don't come into my house. I know what you're doing, but this is, like, not going to disrupt our life. And he, like, totally just... She gives him a lot of leeway. Because she's just like, you can do that on the road, but not here. And he still, like, fucks it up. And I don't care about you, Ray Charles. Yeah. No, it's yeah. true. That's what it, I'm mad about this, it. This is also just filled with, like, the most tropiest, like, music biopic tropes. Yeah. Like, where the guy who's playing, uh... Ahmet Ertegun is just... He literally goes, like, No one's combined rock and roll and gospel before! <laughs> um, when they release, uh... I Got a Woman. And then, like, when they, they do the whole, uh, What I'd Say thing, like, there's literally a scene of, like, teenagers dancing to it on the <laughs> beach, and, like, an old dude's, like, crossing his arms, like, shaking his head, like, no. Um, it's just really... And the thing is, too, like, I, I think it tries to rely a lot on the fact, like, he's blind, he was blind, wasn't this amazing that he could do this? It's like, yeah, it is. You don't have to tell us the same thing for three hours straight, though, which is what it does. I don't even know that they drive that point, I like, but I, I feel like you try to do, like, visually, where it's like, when Ahmet Endergun first, like, visits his apartment in New York, and you're like, oh, whoa, like, look at, like, how he's able to, like, move around his apartment without being able to see and, like, dress himself, is the sense I got they were trying to do but like they kind of leave out the whole like he is playing the piano blind this is like he's like he's not reading music obviously yeah. he's like innovating in his head and mm-hmm. like playing yeah. the keys without seeing he has no idea where middle c is until mm-hmm. he like puts it together and like mm-hmm. figures it out and like does a whole like thing and they really don't like that's never 
I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Jamie Foxx's performance. Did it's, he win Best Actor? He did, it, yes. Can you the impression? No, it, it, it's, it's, it's offensive and it's visual. <laughs> it's like, it's very, it's like very shine, Jeffrey Rush and shine. Yeah, yeah. It's, he just kind of like, and like, Jamie Foxx, not, uh, Ray, like. Charles. Ray Charles is sort of, like, I guess it's accurate. I, but like, Jamie Foxx's impression is so like, he just kind of like. <laughs> bops back and forth and like yeah. walks around and that's why the scene that you were so I that where he's like going to the Georgia venue and they're like it's like so the true story is that like he was like oh I'm not gonna go mm. which is good that's like right. a heroic move but the fact that he's like walking in he's like <laughs> boop 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 and then the guy's like hey don't go in there and he's like oh and then he just turns around and goes boop 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 and he was like it's like almost comical and I felt bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, it's be it's, your own person, Ray. Just don't like yeah. I don't know. It almost feels like when Jamie Foxx was like a standard comedian, he had a bit where he played Ray Charles. Yeah, yes. And they yeah. were like, Why don't you do this for three hours? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it definitely it, it's it's an it, imitation. It was very SNL. If, yeah. It, it, that's kind yeah. of how I would put it. Yeah. It's like slight over exaggeration mm-hmm. and like I <laughs> Like kind of humorous, but not unintentionally. Yeah, 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 not. It was very hard to take seriously. Yeah, I feel like they didn't like drive home the darkness of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very like the the drug stuff too, where it's like he takes his first hit of like a joint. And he's like, man, I feel woozy. Like it's <laughs> just like what? like there's um there's and I feel like the movie that was made like directly to like make fun of this movie was Walk Hard. Which is like John C. Riley as like a fictional rock star, and there's like a very famous scene where it's like he walks in and like Tim Meadows like he's like like smoking pot and he's like Dewey Cox like you don't want none of this shit like and he's like listing off all like the stuff about marijuana and he's like that doesn't sound too bad but then the, they repeat it like five different times with different drugs and it's like it's almost literally this movie where he walks into like the bathroom when they're doing heroin and the guy's like I don't want to do this and then he walks out and then he's like hey let me do it instead. <laughs> There's also a scene when they're playing music and people walk in and they're like, this is the devil's music, this is wrong, and his saxophone player's just like, you know what, they're right, and he walks off stage. <laughs> it's just like the weirdest, it's just like a, it's just like. There's a lot of weird It's just weird. It's just a weird, like, it's just like a very, like, it's just. I, I feel like I was laughing a lot. At right. Not, like times where I was supposed to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I just didn't laugh really at all in this movie. It's just. It's just very like. It's like not like slapped together. It's just like. It's it's it's, it's very wide. It's it's very wide and not very deep. Yeah, it feels yeah. like um, a film student made it. Mm-hmm. And they were just trying to cover a lot of ground to show how much they can do, mm-hmm. but they weren't advanced enough to actually pull substance out of it. Yeah. I think some of the like period pieceness of it. Oh yeah, is good. yeah. no, I, I, there are yeah. good parts. I, th- I I think from like a production design standpoint and like graphics aside, like yeah, I think like yes, I would agree. Like costuming and set design and stuff yeah. like and like again the musical performance is very good. Like I I found I found them you know interesting and engaging and invigorating and all that. And like um, the one scene, there's like he writes the one song for one of his backup singers and it's the one. He's like sleeping with, but then she ends up leaving the tour, and it's like inner. She's performing it in a club. Is intercut with like their interactions and like his interactions with women, um, is is pretty good. Uh, 
It has its moments, but like not three hours worth of its moments. <laughs> it's a three hour long movie. Yeah. Okay. This movie was nominated for editing, costume design, one sound mixing, Jamie Foxx won as actor, Taylor Hackford was nominated for directing, and it was nominated for Best Picture. We're wrapping it up with Sideways. Yay. Uh, directed by Alexander Payne, written by Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor, based on the novel Sideways by Rex Pickett. Starring Paul Giamatti, Thomas Hayden Church, Virginia Madsen, and Sandra Oh. Um, story of Paul Giamatti, who uh, is uh, hosting like a bachelor's week. He's, he's like a failed author. He's an English teacher. He's depressed. He was recently divorced. And he, um, his best friend, Thomas Hayden Church, is getting married. And he has this whole weekend plan. He's a wine snob. And they're going to go to all of these vineyards in wherever they're in California and they're going to play golf and eat all this great food and all that. Napa but Valley. I don't think it is Napa Valley. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the Santa Ynez Valley, actually. Um, and Thomas Hayden Church just really wants to get laid before he gets married. Um, they end up meeting this attractive wine lady and this waitress. Played by Lucy Liu. Played by Sandra Oh. What? Wow. wow. Not cool. It's Sandra Oh. Really? Yeah. yeah. Lucy losing Kill Bill. And in, um... Get out. Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's Sandra Oh. <laughs> She's in Grey's Anatomy, Killing you. They Eve. have very similar, like, mannerisms. What about them is similar? <laughs> <laughs> in their mannerisms. Okay. Um, and, 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 and Virginia Madsen, and they, they have, they develop this sort of, like, interesting relationship dynamic where Thomas Satan chirps, like, does he kind of falls in love with Sandra and, like, wants to, like, abandon his 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 wedding and then Paul Giamatti's like are you are you like freaking crazy and he's like he, he's he's not ready to like sort of like get with Virginia Madsen and all this stuff and it's it's good it's actually hilarious and it's good it's so funny oh, the the like delight of the year yeah, yeah. it was like I yeah. enjoyed this movie so much it's really good um Thomas Aiden Church like I remember when it started out and they're like driving and we're like, is he supposed to be, like, bad? Like, is this, like, what's, like, going on? And it turns out he's, like, hilarious. He's, he's like, so the best so character good. of all time. He's, like, he has this, like, really, like, he has this, like, like valley drawl. It's just, like, he's, like, don't you, I, I can't do it right now. But he's, like, don't you think, like, you're, no, that's, like, too valley. California, man. Yeah, it's, like, very, he's, like, don't you think your negativity is, like, a little premature? Like, <laughs> it's just so, like, and the way he's, like, so, like, frankly talking about like sex and stuff it's it's, it's very so funny. funny it it's is so funny. Yeah. Um, but it's also very tragic like it's it's very well i don't know if tragic is right there's way. like a real sadness in this movie that i don't think any of the other movies this year really match yeah and this 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 is like a very like paul cody thing it's the most like human movie of the year yeah like yeah. and so it's the most about like right it's 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 you have like movies i remember reading something where it's about like 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 a blockbuster movie or something like that is about like an extraordinary person in extraordinary circumstances whereas like an art movie is more or like an independent movie is about like an ordinary person like extraordinary circumstances or something like that um this is a movie about like ordinary people whereas like all these other movies like are about like literally extraordinary like either very famous real life people or people who are like world-class boxers like um it's just yeah about regular regular old folks. It's so funny. Drinking wine. It's I have nothing bad to say about this movie. What good do you have to say about it? So much. 
this is like my type of comedy mm-hmm. where it's just like pulling out the the funny bits of everyday life. Paul Giamatti is just, I feel, I just love him so much ever since I saw Big Fat Liar on the Disney Channel. <laughs> that's a very specific memory. That's, that's yeah. the only thing I feel like I remember seeing him in. That's what sold Paul Giamatti for me too. <laughs> is it? No. <laughs> what? what sold you and Paul Giamatti then? Uh, I don't know, probably his admirable portrayal of Ben Bernanke. <laughs> in Too Big to Fail? Yeah. I've never seen that. It's, it's an HBO original like movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he's just, like, so sweet and charming and annoying because he's such a little sassy little... He's probably a Pisces. Like he's a sad, a sad boy. He's a sad boy writer. Um, but he tries his best, and he's, like, a very genuine friend. And there's, like, the tension in the friendship, and there's um, pretty scenes, and it's just, like, ah, oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Paul Giamatti should have won the best actor. He should have. Interesting. I kind of think. He wasn't even nominated. Yeah. I mean, Leo, obviously, but, yeah. like... Paul Giamatti should have been nominated. Oh, for I mean, sure. I just yeah. like how like they're normal looking people. Yeah, that makes and they're they're yeah. dressed like for like this just like like you can tell he's given up by his wardrobe. Yeah, yeah. where he's just wearing these frumpy khakis with like white sneakers he's and like, like golf is, shirts. Yeah. And, and his he, friend's like, you're gonna wear that? And and his friend is just wearing these like like he's also wearing like Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> like he's just very this like like chill Cali bro. He gets. He gets like frustrated. Paul Giamatti gets like frustrated and angry in like a way that I don't know I've ever seen in a movie, but is also like very much how I think real people get frustrated and angry. Because like you can feel like it's like he's actually angry. Like yeah. and, like, fr- like it's how a real person would present their frustration. Yeah. It's not like an eruption. Right. It's just like you can tell like it's a little passive aggressive on yeah. the surface. It's very mm-hmm. like. A very normal reaction. And he just does it by like undercutting. Like yeah. he he takes it out on like a, like. The um, when when he he gets the call that like his book was rejected by like the last publishing house that would like read it, um, and he goes back to like to get like a glass of wine, but throughout the wine, so you just give him like little tasting pours, and he's just like snapping back, like give me like a full like fucking glass, and like gets really frustrated, yeah. and then then it explodes into like him pouring the spit cup. On. Oh, um, yeah. We're so gonna great. say Kathleen. Um, the scene where he carries around the manuscripts of his book mm. in his car, and it's like two vo- like two dictionary sized volumes and he gives them to the the woman he's interested in mm-hmm. i just like that's so funny where she, i just think that's so funny where he just like pulls them out and she's yeah. like oh there's another <laughs> one and she's like oh oh okay and she's like waddling back to mm-hmm. her house yeah and it does the thing where it's like oh he's talking about wine but he's really talking about himself but like it, it doesn't mm-hmm. it, it it's really well oh, executed yeah, it's like why do you like Pinot Grigio. Pinot Grigio. He's like, because well, it needs. It's like a very delicate grape that really needs like love and attention and all that. He's such a Pisces. I'm yeah. telling you. And I, I feel like this movie portrays actually like being drunk really well, where like there's the one scene when they when they're first getting dinner and like it's it's them drinking and like you don't really hear what they're talking and it's just kind of like this montage of like him going on and on and on and then he like stumbles over to the phone to like drunk dial, and then it comes back and they're just like, where the hell like were you and like what were you talking about and all that. And even the scene when, like, they're talking about the Pinot Grigio, how it's, it's like, like it's, it's in this, like, soft light, and it's kind of, like, classy, and, like, that to me just felt, you know, it's just like, oh, here, they're, like, these two drunk people, like, having a moment. It, like, it felt very, like, real to me. And he, like, whiffs on his moment to, like, sleep with her initially. Like, that also felt very real. There's a lot of, like, good shots in this movie. Mostly of, like, wine glasses. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
That's the thing, right? It's like it's like it's almost like you think of like crazy rich Asians or something like that, where it's like this is like lifestyle porn. Yeah. Like it's a comedy, but like the idea is like ah, oh, this looks so much fun. Like it's kind of like that, but everyone's miserable. Yeah. And that's it's kind a, of a more realistic version. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, but it's because it, they 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 have like the really nice shots of the vineyards, but they also have the shots of them like walking alongside a highway to get to a restaurant, right? Um, We've all been there. Yeah. But but actually. Yeah. No, we have. Um, only Oscar nominee movie I know of that features two men running out of a room naked. <laughs> uh, so Borat was not nominated. It was not. No. Um. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, That's a fun fact, Mike. <laughs> anything else about this movie? It's funny, I feel like often the ones we like the most, we, we have the least to say about. We talked a lot about The Aviator. We did, though, yeah. Alright. Sideways, one adapted screenplay. Virginia Madsen was nominated for supporting actress. Thomas Hayden Church was nominated for supporting actor. Alexander Payne was nominated for director. And it was nominated for Best Picture. Okay. <clears throat> the year is now 2005. You're given an Oscar ballot with uh, the movies listed The Aviator. Finding Neverland, Million Dollar Baby, Ray, and Sideways. How do you vote? Kathleen, you're the only one facing the mic right now who isn't me, so you'll go first. <laughs> Ready for it? Yeah. Sideways. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Why, why, why that and not the aviator? Um, it just made me happier. I feel like The Aviator overall is a more put-together movie and something the Academy would pick, but Sideways is what I would pick. It made me happy. It was like a well-done movie that made me so happy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it deserves that. It doesn't really have the excess of The Aviator. Yeah. I still would pick The Aviator. I think it's like, sort of like, if, if The Aviator was released like 50 years ago, it's like this is like a great epic of its time, right? It's... It's about ambition, it's about obsession, it's about this, like, this this guy just trying to, like, grab the world and just pull it all in towards him. And Martin Scorsese, like, also, like, try to, like, tries to do the same thing. Like, he's just trying to hit, like, a home run on every shot. And I love that, like, I love when people funnel their obsession into their art like that. And that's why I do the ABA. Sideways, definitely very close second, though. Yeah, I, Sideways grabbed, like, a piece of my heart. That's for sure. Mm. But I think The Aviator took my brain. Okay. I mean, hold on. That came out. <laughs> no, I, I think The Aviator, like, it's kind of the only one this year. Like, Sideways is very good. It's great. Mm. The Aviator, like, is that, but it also clicks on everything. Yeah. And th- that's kind of been my, like, go-to is, like, what clicks everywhere. Mm. Um, it's like, Sideways, like, I don't know that there were, like, that the music was great, like, mm-hmm. you know? And then there's... Yeah. Everything else may have been perfect, but, like, Aviator's, like, really perfect. Right, yeah. Um, and I think it's more important. Like, Sideways is not, like, an important movie. Mm. I think it's a great movie, mm. but, like, The Aviator's an important story. Yeah. That matters in America. Mm. It's, like, it's, Amer- it's America. It is, It's yeah. American. It's, like, it's a story about... It's us. It's yeah. about what's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, are there any movies that came out in 2004 that were not nominated that should have been? Lars, you have some. I'm pulling my list up. National Treasure. Yes. 
I don't have a list, so I'm just gonna agree um, or disagree. I actually think the Academy did a pretty. This is like kind of the first year where I have like a lot to pick from that I've seen before. Um, I think the Academy did a pretty good job. I would have definitely done um, like Million Dollar Baby, Aviator, Sideways. I don't even I don't like this movie, but I think it's a popular pick. Um, Motorcycle Diaries. Yeah. Um, like even the movies I re- like, I really like Harry Potter three. I really like Dodgeball no, yeah. and think it's an objectively great movie. I will stand by that, um, but I wouldn't like nominate them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like other than Finding Neverland, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, it yeah it was like a I pretty other than Ray. And Ray, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, I get why that... I kind of almost get why that would be nominated over... I... Okay, the SpongeBob movie is also really good. <laughs> like, if... if, if, I'm, uh, if I, I'm surprised you're not stumping for Shrek 2. Why? I don't think Shrek 2 is, like, the perfect movie. <laughs> um, That's ironic to me. I, um, uh... <laughs> I would say Motorcycle Diaries. I don't, like, it's... I don't, yeah. like, love it, but it's a... People like it. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the list, and it's like, there are movies that like I really like from this year, but that would never be nominated for Best Picture. Anchorman is never going to be nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Prisoner of Azkaban never is. Mean Girls isn't. Um, Spider-Man 2 isn't. Like, maybe The Incredibles, but, you know, that one animated. Like, you guys may disagree with one of these. So, like, Aviator, Million Dollar Baby, and Sideways are clearly, like, the three best movies of the year. And they nominated all of them. Yeah, no. Uh, of the ones I've seen, I would pretty much agree with that, yeah. Oh, Kill Bill Volume 2 is like the only other one. Yeah, the first one's better. I would put Kill Bill in front of a million dollar baby. Uh, but I agree that the first one's better. <laughs> anyway. Um, I'm, I'm happy. I would still go with the eight. Yeah, no, I, I think this was like a pretty decent year overall. Um, Finally, they learned. <laughs> yeah. Well, last year was really good too. Yeah. All right. Uh, next year. We will be doing 2005. Um, movies nominated that year were Brokeback Mountain. Yes. I'm so excited! <laughs> Capote, Crash, Good Night and Good Luck, and Munich. I don't want to watch Good Night and Good Luck. I've never seen it's it. It's short ish. I, I think I've only seen Brokeback uh, Mountain. Yeah. I feel like this is the first very like post 9 11 year. <laughs> That's the only like. The only one I know is Perfect Man and Good Night and Good Luck. What year is Seabiscuit 2? <laughs> I don't I don't I don't believe so, that. What year are gonna start producing movies, Lars? Because <laughs> uh, that's your answer. Well, this has been the Real Life Oscar Challenge. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'm Mike Levito. You can find me on Letterboxd at Amerimike and Twitter at Mlevito. I'm Lars, you can find me on Letterboxd at Lars Emerson. I'm Kathleen Levito. You can find me on Instagram at Rise of the Sun, poetry every day. You can find us all on thepostwriter.com, which is where you can find this podcast and stuff we've written. And also Kathleen and my podcast, a thing like that, a podcast about Mad Men. We watch every Mad Men episode. Um, follow, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. Any 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 parting words? Any, any other plugs? Um, I don't think so. No. My blog, com. New post going up tonight, so it'll be up by the time this thing goes out. And that's it.
All right. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, have a good, good, good. I'm going to wrap up because the cat's, cat's getting antsy. So thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>